Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Now it's more like audio tidbits, audio snippets, trying to keep it around 10 to 15 minutes or so on the Parsha of the week, trying to condense it. Previously, it was much longer earlier in this season, and we even did it before this season, but we started putting it in, in cyberspace online all over the place. Now we're trying to keep it in more condensed fashion. So we're looking at Parsha's Balak. It's interesting how throughout the Torah there are not many Parshas that actually have people's names in them as the title. You think about, you go through the Torah, Bereshis, Noach is one of them, of course. Lech Lecha is one of them. And then you go, uh, you know, is another one. Veshalach, Truma, Tzavek, Isisa, Vayakav, Akude, you know, Vayikritzav, Shemini. And uh, I always get confused when I think about the Parshiot out loud. But you go through the Torah, and then you think later on, yeah, there's a Korach, and yeah, there is a Balak. But how many Parshiot in the Torah actually have someone's name? And you go through Tanakh, how many in Tanakh have a name? Yoshua, and uh, and Yeshaya, Yirmiya, Yechezkel, and Treasar, you know, Chabakuk, and Yonah. And you go through, and then you see there's Rus, and you see there's also Esther. How many of the can, the canon, the 24 books of the Tanakh, how many have names very few and far in between? And why is it that some Parshiot, some books are named after people, and, and a lot are not? So we could think about how Esther and Mordechai, for example, she wrote the, the Megillah with the help of Mordechai, of course, and with the divine inspiration. They were the main characters in the story. It makes sense. They were a major force for good. You know, Mordechai tells Esther, if you don't get moving in the middle of the story, before the climax of the story starts picking up, it's your turn to save the Jewish people. Who knows if this is why you were put in the kingdom? Makes sense. Noah, we know, is charged with restarting the world. He, he was charged with trying to get people to repent. He wasn't as successful as Avraham. Avraham was, uh, was very successful in his own way. Interesting why there's no Parsha called Avraham. He's just a major character. There's no Parsha of Moshe or Aaron or Miriam either. But some Parsha have names. Yisro was a fundamental character, the father-in-law of Moshe. He saw what happened to the Jews and he converted. And his descendants supposedly came with the Jewish people not supposedly, but most probably came with the Jewish people into Israel. He was a force for good. And you think about Korach and Balak, we talked about this in Parshish Korach also, not such good examples of people you want to be named after in the Torah. Rus, yes, a fantastic example of a convert who clung, whatever the verbiage is, to her mother-in-law, even though Orpah turned away. She had the descendant of David HaMalach and Shlomo after that. Amazing. She got married to Boaz, a fantastic character to look up to. You know, Yeshaya, Yemi, Yechezkel, these amazing Nevi'im who foretold different events. Jeremiah had a very difficult life. Yermiyahu, his own people, turned him through him in the, judge, in the dungeon. He wrote the famous Eicha, you know, weeping bitter tears on the state of the Jewish people. Understandably, these people to have names that we see their books, but Balak and, and Korach, very interesting that they have names. So we talked about it in Korach, and here we can mention it again. Sometimes we need to learn from not the best characters. Bilam and Balak were conspiring to curse the Jewish people. The Jews were doing great. And in war, they were able to take down Amalek, weaken them majorly. And, you know, they have to fight Ammon and, and Moab. They have to find, fight, uh, you know, Sihon and Og, and, uh, who are involved in those nations. And, and, you know, Moab, 
Midian, these different nations were not happy with the Jewish people. They wanted to try to knock them down. And they saw that the Jewish people are people of the book, people of the word, people of prayer. And they said, okay, what are we going to do? So Hashem had Moshe for the Jewish people. So the non-Jews wouldn't have a complaint. He gave them a Bilam. He gave them a non-Jewish prophet, if you will. And he did not have nearly a correspondence like Moshe on any level. He, Hashem happened upon him, Vayikar, not Vayikra. And Moshe made the olive small out of his humility throughout the Torah, just to show that sometimes it looked like happenstance, but really Moshe had fully live conversations with, with Hashem. So you have a Bilam and a Bullock, not really good people. Bullock sees that the Jewish people are, are going to take over, the, of, over Israel. He wants to leak them. He hires Bilam. Bilam is very arrogant, very greedy. He wants higher and higher officers, more and more money. If you would give me my whole house, your whole house full of silver and gold, I can't transgress the word of Hashem. Obviously, he wanted a lot of silver and gold. So why, why do we look at these characters? We can look what not to do. We know that Pekulos tells us what are the characteristics of Avraham versus Bilam. Why Avraham and not Moshe versus Bilam? I don't know, but maybe, you know, Bilam had fundamental, not good character traits that were seen in secular society. And Avram has amazing character traits that we see in the Jewish people that we're shamefaced. We are embarrassed and, and we have decency and modesty and we're generous people and we're humble. You know, Bilam is the opposite. He's arrogant and he's greedy and he's very egotistical, very full of himself, and he thinks he's powerful. All traits that we shouldn't have. So, Perkyavos teaches us in Dalad Aleph, one of my favorite Mishnayos, Benzoma teaches us, Ezehu Chacham Halomed Mikal Adam. Who is a really smart person, a wise person, someone that learns from everyone? And maybe that's the point why Hashem has that in the Torah, some of the parshios are not named after good people. Some of the parshios don't have such good people, people who did not do such good things, rather. So you see a Bilam, you see a Balak, you see a Korach, we're supposed to learn from that. Stavka maybe why the parsha is named after such a person. Who is why? Someone who learns from each person. So what do we learn from Bilam? If we're supposed to learn from every single person, obviously we learn not to be egotistical, not to be arrogant. The Rambam points to us that modesty and, uh, and, ang- and uh, the opposite of anger is what we should strive for. We're supposed to go away from anger, away from arrogance as much as possible. The opposite extreme is what we're supposed to do, even though everything else we're supposed to go the middle path. So what do we learn from Bilam? Let's see what it says in the Pasuk. In Parachaf Bet, Pasuk Chafalaf, it says, Bilam arose, Vayashkin Bilam Baboker, Vayachavoshes Chamaro, I believe is the wordage. Bilam arose in the morning and saddled his donkey. So what do we learn from this? From here we see how hatred causes a person. This source is from Chabad. Rashi pointed out by Chabad. From here we see how hatred causes a person to break from convention. Bilam had many servants at his disposal, yet in his eagerness to go curse Israel, he saddled his own donkey himself. Said the Almighty Evil One, their father Avraham has already preempted you when to fulfill my will. He rose early in the morning, way early in the morning. And he saddled his own donkey. That comes from Boratius when he's going to, you know, the Akedas Yitzchak, he saddles his own donkey way early in the morning. He had many servants, amazing people around this amazing, amazing person of Avraham. Avraham got up himself to preemptively go. So that also could be why Avraham is put against Bilam to teach about the Vayash game. In Perkei they're put against each other. And in the Torah, it shows the same wordage, you know, Vayash game. Baboker, Vayachavosh. You know, they, they get the donkey ready. They woke up in the morning. That's the trait to learn. Not for bad, but to get up, arise early in the morning. I'm very guilty of this. Very difficult 
for me to get up in the morning. I read somewhere in the Gemara recently, it is much easier to delay going to sleep than it is to get up in the morning. You know, it's very hard to get up in the morning. It's very hard. The age of heart easily can delay you getting up in the morning. And at nighttime, delaying yourself to sleep is much easier, but it's much harder to get up and to fight against the delay in the morning. Just another five minutes. Please, please give me another five minutes. No, I don't want to get up. Hit the snooze, snooze, snooze. Very hard to be Vayashkin Baboker, but maybe... We shouldn't learn from Bilam, but what we can't learn is to get up early, arise early. Like Avraham, arise early, get up early. And in general in life, to get up early, to be preemptive in general about mitzvahs and the like. Zrizim Makdim, the mitzvahs, the Gemara points out. Be the person who's the early bird who catches the worm, as the saying goes. Get that mitzvah right away. The Lubavitcher Rebbe points out on Chabad.org, in order to place before man the free choice that is essential to his mission in life, God so ordered his world that every positive force has its negative counterpart. Every positive force has its negative counterpart. Were there to exist a good element which cannot be put to corrupt use, then man's potential for evil would be disadvantaged and would not present the equal challenge which makes for the choice factor in life. In the words of Shlomo HaMelech, in Kohelas, one corresponding to the other, God created. But this equality between good and evil extends only to the most superficial level of reality. When a person learns to look beyond the surface of things to their inherent purpose, he will see that only the good in the world is real and substantial. Good is an existence in its own right, while evil exists merely to provide the tension which imbues the positive acts of man with meaning and significance. Hence, there cannot be anything original to evil, which is but a shallow, corrupted refraction of the good in the world. If Bilaam was able to transcend the norm with the intensity of his hate, this was only because centuries earlier, Avram had done the same out of love of his creator. You think you're such a mashkim, Bilam? You think you're such an early riser? Avram preceded you by centuries, getting up way early in the morning to do bidding for good. You want to do bidding for bad? Of course, Hashem says, I'm only going to put words in that I want you to say. Only good words. Matovum Yaakov, Mishkin Yisrael. Always interesting how we say that very early on in Davning, and that comes from Bilam himself. We take the words that he said to the Jewish people and put it in our own davening. That's real Ezehu Chacham, We're taking this Russia's words and we translate it, we transpose it, we transfigure it, and we transfer it to use it into our davening. Fascinating. So you think you wake up so early, Avram already preceded you. It really teaches us that we should arise early to do what we can, especially talking to myself, most are from myself only, Get up early. Get up early. That's the idea of summer school. You know, as I work in remote, I get to start. I don't have to travel, so I get to take care of things, down and whatnot, set up the kids to get them out to school and, and get myself started for work. Once you're back in person in the summer, I got to get that 6 a.m. alarm back on. I can't get up at 7, 7.30, whatever, whatever time I get up. I can't get up so late in the day, quote-unquote late in the day. For many people, they're not even up nearly at that time anyway. But we have to really preemptive preemptify ourselves. I'm going to make up that word. We have to push ourselves early to get up early. We should arise to do what we can early. We know the Talmud tells us the reason which is the secular phrase taken from the Gemara Lahavdil, the early bird gets the worm. Be that first one. It's a good feeling, you know, to be early to work. 
I don't like the feeling rushing to work, getting in late. I get that pit in my stomach that my principal's going to yell at me in my car in school. Very intense personality. A lot of times the administration, in, uh, in de- depending on what school you're working at, but especially I remember one time when I came to the school and I ran late because of whatever reason, my son was sick or whatever, and I came in like 15 minutes before my students came. You know, the work day, you're supposed to start at 8. I, I walk in at 8.15. The principal was furious at me, lashed out at me horrifically. And uh, my wife happened to be on the phone before I hung up with her because I usually call her when I'm walking. And she was she was mortified at, at the level of, of uh, attackingness of a person. Doesn't feel good to come late. My mom always said growing up, you can never make up late time. You can never make up lost time, but you could always figure out what to do when you're early. I'm changing the words a little bit. It's better to be early than to be late, basically. Always better to be early. You can figure out what you want to do. When I get to the work early, when I found a ride before Corona hit and I was able to get to work with a nice, you know, 30-minute block, I could settle myself in. I could check my email. I could eat something. I could think about what I want to do for the eight kids of the day in the in the public school and I could figure out how to how to set up the whole day. It's really nice to be early. And that's not even a mitzvah version. That's just work in general. But it's always good to be early, whether you're running a shear, running a, an event, don't get there right on time. Don't get there late. It's always good to be early. It's always good to be prepared. So when I was running events in college, I was part of the I was founder, co-founder and head of the Chesed Club after taking it over from my good friend. When we had events, if I would show up on time or, or late, that would be very bad. I needed to be there a half hour, an hour early to make sure everything is hunky-dory, everything is okay. When I was running Shabbatons and involved in Shabbatons for Yachad and the like, can't be there late or on time. Got to be there early. Make sure to get there before everyone else just to get a head start on everything. When Shabbos comes in, for all of us, don't be that at Shabbos or late Shabbos person. Preemptify yourself. What can you do the whole Friday, Wednesday, and Thursday so you're not running to catch it? Be preemptive. Get up or rise early. We need to be early to do mitzvahs. When a mitzvah comes to our hand, do it as fast as possible. As the Talmud explains... Why does it say, you know, you know, it's it talks about the the mitzvot and matzot and it says that you should al tachamitzah matzot or whatever the phrase is in the Torah. But the Talmud, the sages explain, don't read it as matzot, read as read it read it as mitzvot. I forget where in the Talmud it says, don't let mitzvot become chametz. Don't let them rise and be lost to the opportunity to be leaven, to be gone. You know, there's someone that has a baby, someone has a lost low, Elena Lahavdil. They have a train, a meal train. Don't wait two or three days. There's going to be no spots left on the meal train. You know, you know how these meal trains work, these potlucks work. They fill up within five minutes, especially if it's a famous family, popular family, and you're friends with them, but a lot of people are friends with them. You're not going to have the time. You're going to lose out. The mitzvah is going to become chametz. It's going to be a lost opportunity. And when someone tells you about... Um, what you're involved in and what you're doing, make sure that you are doing what you need to do. Make sure you're involved and make sure that you're a part of it and make sure that you get it done right away. Do it. Don't let it become chametz. Learn from Bilam, even though we're not supposed to learn from Rashaim. But learn why we see the Parsha named after. Maybe it's to teach us not to let the opportunity go to waste. Maybe it's to teach us that we need to arise early, especially from Avram. Learn, the early bird catches the worm. Make yourself run, arise early, move early. Get those opportunities, get them done. Make sure 
They're done in the best way possible every single day. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.